Come with us down the rabbit hole. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. As we explore the odd and esoteric. If my answers frighten you, then you should cease asking scary questions. This is the AU Radio Underground Files. Underground Files. Miss Katie from the podcast feels it would be unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. It is one of the strangest podcasts ever recorded. It may shock you. It may even horrify you. Mostly we hear it just gives you gas. So if you feel that you do not care to subject your digestive tract to such a strain, well, we warned you. These are the Underground Files. <laughs> Professional. Oh my god. <laughs> Holden, she said, the real money is in and fart jokes. Across from me is a man that isn't allowed to call the Vatican anymore because he wouldn't stop calling and demanding that be, that Bruce Campbell be granted sainthood. It's Corey. Listen, okay. <laughs> so, I would get and work my way up to like cardinals. Like there were some bishops. They were kind of in my camp. They were like, no, no, we can see that. Like really. Yeah. His work on burn notice. Excellent. Right. <laughs> uh, but... I just could never get to the big guy. I could never, and I'm not talking about the big guy that everybody, you know, like. <laughs> I'm talking about the other, the 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 the, the branch manager, the pope. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the Catholic branch manager, and now so he just wouldn't return my calls, <laughs> and so I started believing in Satan. It's the hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That that was the nail in the coffin for you, buddy. Yeah, I was just like, well, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, you had your chance, <laughs> Francis. What's his name? I don't know. I have no idea. Pope, Pope, this guy's not a Nazi. The other guy was. <laughs> I once watched this woman get hit on by a creepy guy, and she proceeded to hiss and hold her jacket over her head like the lizard from Jurassic Park. It's Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was actually Wayne Knight that was hitting on her. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> Did you just drop your notes? He once tried to give me some of Dave Grohl's belly button lint he bought online for me as a Christmas present. It's Travis at the controls. They said it was authentic. Oh, God. That's yeah, so did the Bigfoot hair I bought. Why did you give it to me? Because <laughs> you love the Foo Fighters. No, I don't. No, you do. Oh, stop telling me that. I once got grounded for tying my brother to a tree with the tinfoil hat to, quote, offer him to the aliens. Katie from the podcast. And this is episode 21. Yeah, but they didn't take the bait because you were sitting in the tree with a super soaker because you'd seen <laughs> signs too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would work. I also had a tinfoil hat if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, but yours looked like a swan. It was just leftovers. <laughs> it was a little bit prettier. I'm a sucker for an aesthetic. Today, we're going to be taking a bit of a darker turn, a bit of a local boogeyman around here in the Pacific Northwest. We're going to be talking about Mr. Gary Leon Ridgeway, the Green River Killer. Oh, what a... What a winner. Aren't, uh, we, aren't we just prepared to talk about this schmuck? Like, oh, God. oh, my God. I do not condone bullying. <laughs> <laughs> In most contexts, <laughs> I am fully planning on bullying this person. Okay. So uh, this is I'm going to I'm just going to preface this whole thing with this. This is hands down the single most prepared I have ever been 
for any of these episodes. For all of us. I have watched so many documentaries over the last week. Dude, I I watched seven in 24 hours. I I can't. And I got out of it and I was like, I need to watch My Little Ponies. I need some (laughs) brain brain bleach. Like something. Oh my God. I actually have done a couple interviews for this episode. There's not nearly enough time in this episode to cover everything we want to cover. So this is definitely going to be a two-part series. So next week, we will also be talking about... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go as far as saying it might drag to three. Maybe. Because this is... Potentially. There's a there's lot a to cover. There's a lot of stuff to yes, unpack for I'm this. very excited. Uh, Gary Ridgway is actually something that I didn't realize. He is actually the most... Uh, he's the number one... American serial killer as far as confirmed and convicted kills. The most prolific. Yes. He has killed the... He is the serial killer who has killed the most amount of people in America. There's actually quite a few people in other countries that have just killed into the hundreds, like well into the hundreds. Yeah, but in true American fashion, he like... uh, It's it's very... like Tupac's album releases after he died. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's just a lot of output. That guy, that's what he did. Oh, yeah. This dude just is mm, just from the very beginning, just a terrible person from the moment he was born. Um, he was born uh, February 8th, 1949 in Salt Lake City, Utah. I mean, that it doesn't surprise me. For all our listeners over in Salt Lake City, Utah, thank you for listening. <laughs> it's, it's for all our listener. Oh, <laughs> the one guy. We lost him with the demon possession episode. Oh, yeah. That, yep, that happened. You lost uh, all, we lost a lot of people because that sounded like it was recorded underwater. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <good> true. <laughs> Maybe it was. You don't know how. Katie did summon a water demon. I'm oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was a stylistic choice. I'm proud of us. <laughs> uh, he had uh, an older brother and a younger brother. Uh, his brother, Greg, was the favorite. He had a horrifying childhood. I will give him him that that does not excuse any of his behavior so yeah yeah (laughs) but at the same time he it wasn't near the childhood that should have bred this exactly like it was while it was bad i'm just and uh, and this is really broad strokes and i'm not Mm -hmm. yeah this is difficult. This is difficult terrain for us. Like right. we wanted to tackle this, but it's 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 a little bit uh, difficult to put into words. But as far as crappy childhoods go, for people who turned out to be just fart nuggets of humans, mm-hmm. that guy was at the bottom of that scale. Right. That's fair. And something that I wanted to touch on is um, if you watch any, if you get into like serial killer knowledge or anything like that one thing that you will whenever you're trying to figure out kind of what makes them tick is something that you will find again and again and again is the concept of nature versus versus nurture it is always a uh, a serial killer soup as some people call it is it's a combination of some sort of uh mental illness that they were born with or was hereditary or Along with a terrible childhood and a and a very negative upbringing, it's a combination of the two. So you know, it's funny because we we do have an interest in in true crime and serial killers and stuff like that. And the ones that we tend to gravitate towards when we're thinking about them are 
the the human sharks. Yes. The guy that that just they feed and they move and they go. You right. know what I mean? Like killer shark do 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 do. Thank you guys for listening to the underground. <laughs> Join us next week. So, but but Ridgeway was more like a honey badger. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, oh, but that that's was a, a good that's a good comparison. No, but that was the thing. He tried really 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 hard to be that like just shark killer of like oh i'm super smart right, i'm a but born he, but, predator but he's a twit but he's an idiot he's an absolute <laughs> moron so it didn't work he tried so hard to be like uh, somebody interviewed and asked him he was like they're like what's the difference between you and everybody else he goes that caring thing but then he like <laughs> That boring thing. He's so boring to listen to, too. Like all of his interviews and stuff that they we're, did with him. And, and, we're, and we'll Sorry. very much touch on all of yeah. that in the next episode because I want to go down that rabbit oh, hole. Oh, yeah. Because th- this is where the evisceration <laughs> of that guy kind of begins. His, uh, his mother, Mary Ridgeway, was a horrifyingly domineering woman. His uh, He would repeatedly watch his mother um, be violent with his father all the time and his father would come home he was his father was a bus driver and would just rant to his wife and young children about um all of the sex workers that would get on the bus with him and he would rant and tell gary ridgeway from a very very young age that uh prostitutes and sex workers are terrible horrifying people that are plaguing society so that was beat into his brain from a very young age just so just how is work? <laughs> <laughs> so, so his dad was dead. Ralph Cramden. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He just yes. Gave Marry them dirty hookers. <laughs> and then his wife would come and just beat him. <laughs> She'd be like, "Stop talking about this. Let me hit you." So it's <laughs> it's not funny, but it's, it's kind of funny. So this. So I actually kind of want everybody to keep track. This. There was no chance for Gary Ridgway to be anything but a horrifying woman hater. I'm not saying, oh, we should feel bad for him. He absolutely could have done some things differently. But every single thing was just another piece of evidence to him that (sighs) women and predominantly sex workers weren't people. I want to I want to interject on that on that because I disagree but there's nothing that you're the, you're not wrong in the way that the formula created what it is. Mm-hmm. But it created what it was because he was a moron. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. He's he's dumb as a box of rocks, right? Seriously, that's an insult to rocks. No, it, they're very look, useful look, things. Look, Forrest Gump had a bad upbringing. You know, his mama tried, but she had to bang the guy to get him into the school. Like, yeah. weird shit happened. Right? <laughs> but seriously, we talk about it, it. Forrest Gump had an IQ of 75, and he went and he met the president. <laughs> this putz painted lines on Kenworth's for 30 years and we're supposed like oh yeah he was brilliant no he wasn't no he was an absolute but, moron but he was a putz and that is the whole thing is 
you have all of this and a moron added into it. And yes. that is, that's the equation. Yes. He, he couldn't think yeah. outside of how. Because a terrible a, upbringing with terrible parents and parents who hate sex workers and a mother who's abusive and all of the, mm-hmm. the horrible stuff, like legitimately horrible stuff that happened through his childhood does not excuse the fact that he grew up a moron who decided I'm going to take that and kill people. No, in his dumb dumb brain, all of it was just these are the ladies' faults. I'm But but it didn't even start that way. And that's no. the thing. So, um his dad so um oh, so what we're going to talk about is another thing for our first uh, individual serial killer episode is we're going to talk about the trifecta of somebody that a lot of these is signs that a lot of these serial killers have uh, the signs that uh, they had as a, as children of oh they are psychopaths they are sociopaths they are going to be serial killers is three things bedwetting arson and animal cruelty to which Gary had all three of those and and bedwetting specifically into uh, older childhood yes. because all little kids wet the bed right but bedwetting into later stages in life is... And, and that adds a layer of trauma that, like, people can't let go of. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I know a guy who had an issue with that, and he's pushing 60 now mm-hmm. and still carries this vitriol and hate yes. for for his folks based on a, that being something that they uh, they they mocked him for and made right. him made him feel bad yeah. about so, and, and bedwetting yeah. in, bed, bedwetting in itself is a psychological sign of a deep sense past the age of it being appropriate is represents a very deep sense of insecurity and trauma a lot of times right so when I went to bed all the time well, you should see a doctor. It's normally somebody else's bed. I just pee on it. From the <laughs> oh, you're awake when you yeah, do. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. It's, it's more. Like, it's more like an angry doll. So, it's like marking his territory so versus then, trauma. Yeah, so Drew's gonna figure out it's not the dogs. It's me soon, <laughs> and he's gonna be mad. <laughs> so you're just a jerk. Yeah, that's that's what it is. So uh, again, his mother was a horrible, horrible, horrible mother. She, uh, uh, his mother handled his bedwetting until he was 13 years old uh, by dragging him to the shower, washing him off, scrubbing him off herself, and screaming at him while she was washing him. So she would just scream at his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> That Listen, so, you little prick. <laughs> you you have got to knock this off. So you can't. So that's just gonna mess up. <coughs> it, if all else fails, that's just gonna mess up a kid for life, especially in those like puberty stages of in thir- of thirteen and fourteen. That's horrifying. So I mean, just, I mean, yeah. If if my mom drug me out of my bed when I was. 12 13 and forced me into the shower and screamed at me the whole time no. i'd probably be pretty messed up yeah just no no that 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 was terrible uh so all of this combined he started developing feelings for his mother that were inappropriate and it also it also takes the fact that she she was kind of a, a trashy dresser yes yeah. exactly. and, and would constantly like sunbathe in the back she Yard she always which, dressed really provocatively. Like everybody who knows the family said that she was always wearing low cut stuff, really short skirts, like so, constantly. So and 
and not that that is in itself right a thing, but you've got to. I mean, yeah. When, so I, c- coupled with everything else in this kid's life, yeah. So we've you, just got to boo your base. <laughs> so you you have his father coming home and describing these terrible, horrible, disgusting women who are selling their bodies for money and describing what his mother is wearing. So he sees her as a sex object and then he she he gets abused by her. He says in an interview, he never saw her as a mother. He either saw her as a sex object or as his abuser. There was never a positive relationship with his mother, the most prevalent female presence in his life ever in his life. So that, that being the nurture combined with the nature of him having, uh, they believe to be borderline personality and all this stuff. It was just a perfect serial killer soup. Mmm, serial killer soup. Is are you actually a serial killer if you make serial killer soup? That's the question. How many serial killers do you put in a serial killer soup? Dahmer. I mean, you need at least three for flavor. <laughs> you what? put serial killers in the soup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Becoming Dahmer yourself? <gasps> mm, I'm thinking more Hannibal-ish. So, Travis, mm. what's what's a good recipe for serial killer soup? Since we got the soup man on here. Yeah, our resident soup expert. Well, you just got to have a good broth. It's got to be, it's got a serial killer soup is a gazpacho, I think. It's a cold soup. (laughs) Would you recommend starting with a bone broth? Yeah. Okay. Uh, One more. Jesus. God. (laughs) So as we said, he has an IQ of 86 and I thought it was 82. Uh, you know, a lot of it ranges from uh, eighty-two to eighty-seven. Oh wow! What a, what a swing there, dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> some people were just like us and just wanting to go for the jugular with him, and some people were like, "Let's give him a little bit of credit. Let's give him a couple extra Ooh, points." You get a couple. Oh, <laughs> oh gross! Gross. <laughs> My dog has a higher IQ than that. I'm pretty sure. And he's real um, dumb. He is so real dumb, but I love him. He's his mother boy. also handled this absolutely terribly. Um, his mother would uh, make him read to her, and when he struggled, she would make fun of him and berate him. He, he, she would basically just um, Billy Madison, just t- 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 today, Junior. <laughs> Which is horrible. <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Newsflash, if you berate your kids when they're reading, they won't want to read. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what I've been doing wrong? No, both the boys love to read. Um, so he claims that his first attempted murder was at 16 years old. He found a six-year-old boy playing outside to which he promptly brought him into the woods and stabbed him. And so that's actually where the uh, the comic opens. Yeah, um, there's a great. It's called the Green River Killer mm-hmm. uh, comic put out by Dark Horse, um, who was written by uh, Jim Jensen, who is the son of the guy who maintained the Green River, River oh, yeah. Task Force mm-hmm. after they shut it down, and there was just one dude doing everything. Mm-hmm. His son is the one who did the comic. Yeah. And it oh. opens... Yeah, you showed me that comic, and I haven't got to read it yet. Yes. I So it opens, and I'll, I'll, you guys will get to read it by next week. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bring it. But uh, it opens with him finding this kid in his little, you know... Uh, Howdy doody Western outfit, you know, mm-hmm. like he's wearing the cowboy hat and the badge and his little cap gun. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, come with me. This is let's go out in the woods and play cowboys." And flat, and he sticks him. Yeah, right. One time, he stabs the kid in the liver. Yeah, right. The kid goes down. He's all right, but I mean, yeah. like, 
He still stabbed a six-year-old. Right. So that's my thing. So he says that he stabs him. The kid goes down and he starts laughing and says, I always wanted to know what it was like to kill someone and walks away. Now, I have some issues with this story. So, A, it was never 100% verified that there were any sort of medical records of a little boy with a stab wound. Um, He never touched on it again. There was never any sort of elaboration on it whatsoever. Also, it doesn't fit his MO at all. And it doesn't... It doesn't line up with the escalation. So it it kind of does. Okay. Because it it's it's weird and and off from who he became. Right. But but as a gateway drug, you know, like honestly, is break it down because he's a thrill seeker. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's he gets off on 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 all that. Right. And so he go, stabbing a kid like he never went back to stabbing. Right. He like he wasn't, that wasn't his thing. It's kind of like Son of Sam. Uh, he tried stabbing a lady once and literally decided it was icky. Yeah, and so he got like, a gun. Yeah, so he was like, I'll just shoot people. But, but so about two weeks later, he claims that he killed a kid at the local swimming hole. Okay. By, uh, they were swimming and the kid went underwater and he dove over the top of him. And locked his legs around his head and held him underwater until he drowned. Hmm. Was that ever verified, though? That, again, that's his story. Yeah. I, right. I, I didn't get I couldn't I couldn't find a ton about it. But other than interviews of him saying that. But like so the the but that does very much fall in line with his style of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I don't know, like. Every serial killer that you, you've ever seen, interviewed, and all that stuff, their first kill is always, like, messy. And, you know, it's the first time they've ever tried this, and there's never this, like, real clean, just get it done and go. They didn't dexter it. There's also a very, I mean, predominantly, most of the time with serial killers, there's this very, like emotional, very hormonal, very visceral reaction the first time they kill a person, and he's claiming that the first time he thought he killed a person, he just laughed and walked away, and that was, and he just went on with his day. That doesn't make sense to me, as far as that escalation. Does any of it make sense to you? No, because he's an idiot. I think he's lying. I think he's just trying to sound cool. So... I buy that 100%. That's kind of my feeling, too. Like, when I listen to the interviews about that particular, (laughs) oh, the first time I ever killed someone was this kid, I was like, I feel like you're lying, though. Like, I don't think you're telling the truth. Because the ones that we have bodies for, he really doesn't want to talk about that much. He really tries to avoid the question whenever you watch interviews with him. But he'll talk about those two kids that he killed all day because he thinks it makes him sound cool because he's an idiot. Mm -hmm. Well, he's, he's like btk in that way yeah like he's he's that he's that all these i'm really trying to save the editing for jason Mm -hmm. these people feed on the notoriety yeah Mm -hmm. once once that taste gets out there yeah but but so like once he gets Forward, well, mm-hmm. we move forward to the yeah. that time period. Yeah, right. Once he gets to that, 
and they started referring to him as the Green River Killer, mm-hmm. he stopped dumping bodies there. Yeah, because because, because he didn't like the name. <laughs> <laughs> like no pick something else <laughs> the people that worked with him at kenworth called him green river gary yes they used to call him green river gary they found that it was so ridiculous and we'll get into that more whenever people yeah, started yeah. investigating him but they thought it was so ridiculous that he was a suspect early in the the investigation they're like oh watch out for green river gary everybody he's gonna go kill you <laughs> wink like, wink nudge nudge and he's like uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so um uh, he married his high school sweetheart claudia craig uh then he enlisted in the navy and was deployed to vietnam where he uh took part in a lot of uh paying for the services of sex workers over in vietnam and almost immediately contacted what, what do we get for ten dollars <laughs> exactly he um okay so then he uh, contracted gonorrhea, which enraged him and was like, oh, everything my basically had the mindset of everything my dad ever said about uh, prostitutes. Was because right. nothing I do can possibly be my fault. Exactly. He uh, and then he I hate this guy then, so much. Then, he, so then much. he leaves his wife when he comes home because she had an affair and is like, you're a rotten person. You cheated on me. I'm leaving you. Okay. So several of the accounts that I have is when he came home, she was a prostitute. Oh, well, that's anytime there was a woman that wronged him in any way, she was immediately called a whore. Right. No, I understand that. But everything that all the things that I found were like several said that basically he came home and found his worst nightmare which is, you know, yeah. Which, but, but I mean, in his mind, even just having a casual affair with some other guy would automatically make her a prostitute. Right? No, right. no, no. But I'm saying accounts, uh, public accounts. Oh, okay, okay, oh, okay. So she actually, okay, okay. It, if if I, that, I could be yeah. wrong, but that's that's several things I read. So said then that, so. he meets his second wife, Marsha Winslow, uh, whom I believe is the one that he had a son with. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, poor Marsha. <laughs> Uh, she actually got him to find Jesus, which you would think, hey, maybe that'll make him no. slow down. No, I would not think that at no, all. No, this is when he starts killing people, is when he's married to her, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, because they introduced guilt into his yes, life. Yes, he's like, oh, I am the angel of vengeance. I'm cleansing the earth from these horrible women. Um, he would cry after sermons because he was so emotional about it. Um, he was just super into Jesus. He was also, this is when he started like, getting real weird with his wife um he would sneak there was an incident where they were coming home from a party and he snuck up behind her and choked her out and then she was kicking and screaming and he let go and then hopped back around the car and then was like oh my god what happened acting like he didn't just choke her oh no he said he saw some other guy run away he tried to convince her that somebody else had run yeah. up and did it, and <laughs> he saw them do it. He's just not yeah. smart enough to actively gaslight people. That's he's, what it is. He's trying so... Oh, my God. He reminds me of... He reminds me of a guy I dated in high school where I looked at him. I go, I know you're trying to be manipulative right now, but you're not smart enough to do it. So stop. And I made him cry. 
So, <laughs> so um, <coughs> this is whenever people started calling him Green River Gary. He cheated on all of his wives and girlfriends with sex workers. Um, this is when his uh, rage towards sex workers like really ramped up with everything that happened and uh, the the Bible verses that talked about how prostitutes were bad people. And this is how I feel like we're going to end up with a three-part episode. Yeah. Because you know what time it is. (gasps) It's time for the reptilian report, everybody. It's time for the segment of the show where I add a lizard person and tell you why I think they're a lizard person. If you didn't think that this episode was going to be controversial enough, we'll just wait, ladies and gentlemen. Brazinga! We're going to be talking about none other than Mr. Kim Jong-un. Ooh. Oh, no. So, you know, a lot of people have got uh, a lot of scary stuff happening to them for talking, for speaking negatively on the uh, supreme leader of North Korea. You want to talk about a serial killer? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Um, He's just not an American serial killer. Yeah. So he doesn't count. America. America. Anyway, so um, on the show, Sometimes we we I really try to avoid some controversy if we can. But a, I mean, what a way to go! If if we get some flack from North Korea being like stop talking and be like make us. Also, he's too obvious not to acknowledge. So I mean, if I feel this like the supreme I, leader has better things to do <laughs> than listen to AU Radio. You files. would be surprised. Dude. I mean, he's not feeding anybody. Like That's what is fair. He <laughs> so he, he hangs out with the worm. Oh, he does. Yep. Also, Mushroom Kingdom. So, so, uh, I mean, if this is the hill that I die on, then that's okay. Um, There are rumors that he got plastic surgery to look like his grandfather, um, which I count as. Who may have been human. I I think there was a (laughs) malfunction. I think he got his suit and was like, no, this is wrong. Like I don't look in I don't have enough Like there was a malfunction In the suit Why did you give me The fat guy (laughs) I was I didn't want to be The fat guy (laughs) No one uh, Knows his birth date For sure I find that A little suspicious Because he was Hatched (laughs) (laughs) This is on point He is um, Friends with Dennis Rodman who is the most obvious lizard oh. person I've ever met, I've ever seen in my life. Which, which I think may be disqualifying for Dennis Rodman because he's such the most obvious reptilian. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, you know, and... and, and is that well, disqualifying or is that just meant to throw us off his trail? So, then that would put Dave Navarro... Is Carmen Electra just a reptilian concubine? Probably. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna get into some reptilian concubines. Um, so, the most apparent one—not uh, even talking about how he's so obviously indoctrinating everybody—and I think that he's kind of a little experiment that the lizard people like. What is going to happen when the entire planet is like this? Then they put him in charge of it. Uh, there's just indoctrination abound all over the place. Um, he doesn't have to poop what uh he does not 
have a butthole. Katie. The North Korean government tells people this. Katie, I read a book once that says everybody poops. (laughs) See? (laughs) And I think you're wrong. Not every every, human poops. Well, reptilians still poop. You're right. You're right. Apparently. And they talked about this in the interview. Uh, the movie, the interview. With. Is that why he's fat? He's just full of shit. <laughs> like the suit's just growing and growing. So, so apparently, this is a thing that the North Korean government yes. says. He works so hard and is so dedicated to North Korea and you burns up so much energy that there's no waste left in his digestive system. So his Whatever, just whatever. That's this, not how biology works. This, this chode is just watching black and white videos of his dad riding a horse. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. They actually air it like twenty four hours a day on one of their government channels. <laughs> it's just his dad riding a horse in black and white because there's no color in North Korea. I mean, I don't think there's any like I don't think there's any debate with this reptilian report. It's no. so no. obvious. We're we're behind Certified. you on this. Yeah, we we need the stamp noise. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my <laughs> This God. very well may be a three-part series, you guys. I think it's going to be. Oh yeah, it has to be. You got some news for me or do we want to talk about Ridgeway a little bit? No, more? no, we got we I got some news. We got to do all the segments. Yeah, Come yeah, on. go for it. Go for it. Did you pull Death Days by the way? I didn't. Okay. Uh, so, to, just a counterpoint. We'll do it for next week. <laughs> okay. Death days. Next week on the Underground Files, we're introducing a new segment uh, where uh, Hannah presents on this day. People who pe- died. These people died. <laughs> little, little. I would like to uh, inform our viewers that this is the first time I'm actually hearing about this. P- P- so it'll be my threat. job now. Nothing but nothing but the most professional. <laughs> so uh, Washington State home to. All the all the Sam Scanches. Uh, a man in Washington State suspects that he may have stumbled upon evidence of Sasquatch in the form of <gasps> curious footsteps in the snow. Yeah, mm. they're and goofy looking. They got like four toes. They're way too cartoony, and everybody knows that Sasquatch doesn't walk through open snowbanks. All Are right, you sure? Read a book, you casuals. So, so Sasquatch actually will walk through open snowbanks, but uh, they are um, elven, like uh, oh, like so Legolas. They, so they, they, they just, just walk on top of the right snow? across the top of it. Okay, this this genuinely looks like somebody made an a foot. And put it on a pogo stick and just kind of jumped through the snow. Well, no, that's the thing. It's just a perfect straight down print. There's no like evidence of him like rotating his to his the ball of his foot or his heel. Could could this could this also be like somebody actually walking through the snow and then just over time the snow melts? Maybe it's just Ian. He has huge feet and he just couldn't find his shoes. You know what this actually kind of looks like to me? I, I can't really see in context like how big these holes are, but it kind of looks like somebody's stupid little dog jumping through the snow. <laughs> like, that's what that looks like to me. Just boing, crash, boing, crash. That's what this looks like. You, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's just, it's, it's just a shih tzu. It's just a little shih tzu jumping through the snow. That's what it looks like that's, to me. That's actually pretty that, close. Yeah. 
Conspiracy theory solved. A man searching for the famed treasure thought to be hidden in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park found himself the victim of a rather cruel hoax. Oh, jeez. According to local media, a uh, unnamed individual had actually traveled to the city from France with the express purpose of locating a piece of expensive treasure uh, created by the author and publisher Byron Price back in 1982. Somewhat somewhat similar to the more famous Forest Finn treasure, this particular puzzle features 12 ornate boxes buried in 12 different cities throughout North America. Each of these casks contains a key to a safety deposit box that holds a treasure of precious jewels. Ooh. In nearly 40 years since Price launched the treasure hunt with his book, The Secret, <gasps> only two of the boxes have been found. Nonetheless, countless people with dreams of solving the mysteries and obtaining the author's hidden riches have tried to locate the casts in various cities. They are believed to be buried. Uh, this brings us to the unfortunate Frenchman who ventured to San Francisco last week. Oh, no. Stunningly unearthed an ornate object in which initially sus- suspected to be one of these I- elusive boxes. Yeah. Whatever his visions may have had for how he was going to spend his windfall soon went up in smoke when he, was re- when he realized the cask contained no key. A subsequent inquiry with the family of an artist who made the box that is buried in San Francisco confirmed that the object was a fake. Oh, no. While this was no doubt disappointing news for the man who found the faux cask, fellow treasure hunters likely saw it as good news because that means the real one's still out there, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Somewhere oh, in San Fran. If you're going to San Francisco... Don't a, leave your heart there. Put a flower in your hair. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You should be. <laughs> uh, can't pay me to go to San Francisco. Um, they found they found uh, a giant bones. Did we talk about that one already? Oh, I love okay. that story. Though. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, and so, yeah, that's pretty much what I got for weird news. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I think that about wraps it. Gary Ridgway, everybody. I didn't think it was going to be a three-part series, but by God, we're going to We haven't even off. got to anything yet. We're just dealing with a dumb kid. We're just making fun of how dumb he is. Like, it's so good. I can't wait to do it next week. Thank you, gentlemen and lady, and thank you, listeners. Join us next week when we put Trekkies and Star Wars fans in the Thunderdome, make them fight to the death, and decide who gets to punch George Lucas in the face. Next week, on the underground files. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> no. No. You've been listening to AU Radio Underground Files. Music is provided by Cubby, PurplePlanet.com, and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground Copyright 2018 All Rights Reserved. like to contact the show follow us on twitter at au underscore radio facebook 
at AU Radio Podcast, Instagram at AU.radio, or you can email the show at podcast at advunderground.com. You can also support this show and all the shows on AU Radio by becoming a patron of the AU Radio Network. Find us on Patreon as AU Radio at Adventures Underground. You can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.